success is going from failure to failure without stopping, right? So if you do this smartly and eight out of 10 times you succeed, the rewards personally of doing something are just tremendous in this business. Welcome to the Real Estate Monopoly podcast. My name is Kerwin Donis. My brothers and I got into real estate investing to achieve financial freedom and help underserved communities in Guatemala, where our mom is from. Real estate is the vehicle we're taking to achieve our goals. And you can too. On this show, we share the stories of some of the most successful real estate investors to show you that you can succeed in real estate just like they have. Each episode, we deliver inspiring and educational content that will empower you to launch your real estate investing career and achieve your financial goals. Let's go. Hamul Badiani is the Chief Executive Officer at Exponential Equity. He's responsible for the overall strategy and vision at Exponential Equity and ensuring that it aligns with the mission of the company to transform lives through real estate. As CEO, Hamul leads the firm's growth strategy into new markets and new asset classes. He's also accountable for the hiring and marketing strategy for the firm. Before establishing Exponential Equity, Hamel provided management consulting services to several Fortune 100 companies across three continents while creating a portfolio of businesses that he scaled and exited, including an outsourcing company, a private lending firm, and a residential real estate firm. Hamel has a background in management consulting. He worked with large organizations before he pivoted into real estate. I started my journey in the management consulting space, so helped... Uh about a couple of dozen of Fortune 100 companies and large organizations with their growth strategy, with their uh, cost-cutting strategy, organizational strategy, et cetera. So I worked with everybody from Disney theme parks to the Vatican. And, uh, you know, I lived in three continents and it was a, a fabulous, fabulous journey while it lasted. Uh, but then when I had my twin kids, I decided to hang up my traveling boots and uh, really take up a senior position in, uh, in the financial space with Wells Fargo. Uh, and during that time, I was introspecting. You know, I worked with so many smart CEOs, CEOs, uh, CFOs, and I'd given them advice and helped them with their journey of pivoting their companies into the, the right place. Why not take all that and develop my own company uh, and a business that's structured and rigored and, you know, operates like a Fortune 100 firm, not, not necessarily in that size, but, you know, from day one, keeping that in mind. So that what, what comes with that is the right amount of employee attention, customer attention, um, you know, uh, trainings, et cetera, to really drive something that lays the foundation. So I went about my journey of uh, multiple businesses. I started with an outsourcing company, then a private lending firm. Uh, and then eventually landed into the residential real estate space uh, and flipping before joining the commercial space. Real estate wasn't Hemmel's first entrepreneurial venture. He'd had success with a few other businesses before he found himself narrowing down on real estate. It wasn't uh, all the other entrepreneurial journeys that I took so far were, you know, good profit-making machines were really scalable businesses. But real estate is when I get to truly help individuals and communities because it, it mostly involves people's houses or a very important part of their asset class. <clears throat> so um, that, that really got me going is, is I like to be in a business that is high touch. It's warm relationships. It's uh, 
really serving the community in some ways, um, even with the transactional nature of, of the real estate. When Hamel was investing in single-family houses, he didn't know what apartment syndications were. He didn't know that you could raise capital to buy large properties. I was in the single-family realm. I mean, I had never heard of multifamily investments or large commercial investments. And the misconception that everyone has is, hey, you need if you need $10 million, you better have uh, $2, 3000000 million in your pocket and maybe get a loan. And that's how you buy bigger stuff, you know, that you just make two plus two makes four. So 20 plus 20 equals 40. And that's the math we all do, right? So I was sticking to a very, uh, very profitable residential business where I was flipping, I was buying, uh, investing, uh, and really building a business on the single family side. But I never thought that I would be able to buy a, a building or a big community or, you know, do a multi-million dollar transaction by any means. Single-family investing proved to be lucrative for Hemel. Although he was doing well in that space, he wasn't enjoying it. So he decided to pivot into multifamily investing. That's a very interesting story. I love to love to share uh, why I transitioned, how I transitioned. But yeah, single-family, I mean, you hone some of the skills you require, right, for any business. Uh, you need your sales and marketing. You need to have a good brand. You need to have, carry yourself with credibility. You need to have the competence of understanding what a real estate transaction looks like um, in any space that you do. And you also need to focus on a direction because you can make money in 25 different ways in real estate. You know, you can do short sales and you can do seller finance and you can build and you can uh, buy. And it, there's just so much there that sometimes the noise gets overwhelming. Um, and the more webinars I attended, it was more educational. It, it, for me, I'm an action-oriented person. I have a real big bias towards action. So the first time I heard about single family in terms of an active business, in four to six weeks, I had my business set up and I was really hiring people to go with me and uh, through this journey of developing a business. So that, that was super interesting. Um, and I was able to scale to 10, 15 employees in a single year and really profitable business, but I wasn't enjoying it. It wasn't a team sport. It was me and some of the team members. Uh, it wasn't making as big an impact to the community with one house at a time uh, as I was hoping for. So <clears throat> what happened was uh, at that stage, just a couple of months before COVID, I was uh, you know, listening to Bigger Pockets and Brandon Turner, the journey of uh, getting you know different ideas uh, from folks. And he mentioned a performance coach that he had used that changed his life. So I started uh, looking for that performance code, that very specific one, called him up. And I said, I have this conundrum. I, you know, I'm, I'm in a very highly profitable business here, but I'm kind of not enjoying it anymore. What, what should I do? And he, he told me, you need to shut it down right now. Um, and I took his advice, shut down my entire business uh, two months before COVID. Um, and I climbed down a mountain, but I didn't have any other new mountain to climb. So it was a very interesting period where I was searching for ideas. But in hindsight, the best decision I ever made, because if I was always involved in the tactics of my business, sometimes you to make that big shift in your life, you really have to take away all the shackles of paradigm, your current state to really jump into the next state. And that really helped me to enter the realm of uh, the commercial real estate side. 
The first investment Hamill made in the multifamily space was on the passive side. He attended an event where he learned about apartment syndications. So we went to uh, an event in Florida in February of 2020, just a month before COVID hit. Um, and we learned more about multifamily syndications, met a few operators there that we aligned with. And at that stage, we were thinking about how do we build our business and our competency and expertise. Um, and it seemed natural to first put your own money, uh, understand what the risk courses rewards are, um, do it multiple times. So you understand different operators, their communication style, reporting style, their ways of working, the finding of the deals. Um, and so we really wanted to focus our first quarter once we came back from the event, regardless of what happened with COVID, uh, on that strategy. So my partner and I invested in about four deals uh, between that April and Ju June, July time period with four different operators. And that gave us that competitive intelligence to really say, okay, well, this person's doing this X way or Y way. And you know, what, what does it make sense if we are building our brand? What, what does it make sense for us to do? Uh, should we send out quarterly communication or monthly communication? What should we include in that? Um, you know, how we source deals, what kind of people we want in our team, et cetera, et cetera. So that really helped us lay out our foundation. And it, when I go to another investor with conviction, hey, I have invested multiple times, not only in previous deals that I, I want to, I'm making passive cash flow uh, and mailbox money that I enjoy and has given me freedom of lifestyle. Uh, but in these deals that I'm, I'm uh, operating, those are the ones that we invest in as well. And that allows us to have a, a real uh, credibility changer than many of the, the investors out there or operators out there. After being a passive investor in a few deals, Hemel found that he was intrigued by the active side of apartment investing. He began to look into what it would take to build a business and operate apartments. It was a decision to be made by my partner and I, right? We were like, hey, we could do this forever if we can earn, keep on earning money. We had great jobs, corporate world. Uh, and if we can invest in 15, 20 deals over the next couple of years and then just recycle the money when it comes back, when it's refinance or sale of the asset, we're set. Um, and is that the lifestyle we want? Or does the, the business seem interesting enough where we can really build something of a team and a foundation and and a big brand behind it and a big company behind it, not from a size perspective, again, a Fortune 100 view. And do we want to you know, roll up our sleeves and get into operations? Because we, that's not the jazzy part of the business. You know, Buying uh, and saying I bought a $20 million deal is great, but then to operate it for three to five years takes a lot of work. And do we want to be in that space? And we made a conscious decision that we want to build a true business with many employees, with all kinds of infrastructure in there eventually uh, that allows us to build, be a real estate investment firm, vertically integrated at some point, bring in property management, bring in construction, all of that in-house and really operate in that fashion. So that was a conscious decision that he and I had to talk about for quite, quite some time. From the beginning, Hamel had a vision for the kind of business he wanted to build. He also determined that he needed to find a partner who could help him find deals. It was, you know, two things. May begin with an end in mind. What kind of organization we create, we want to create, what kind of people we want to have 
uh, that allows us to understand how to build the company step by step. Who, we ha- who do we hire first? Who do we hire second? So laying that out, a long-term plan and a short-term plan. And the second thing was we evaluated the market. Right now, deals are scarce. Uh, money is cheap. You know, in the heart of COVID, when we were we were uh, starting our business, uh, deals were plenty um, and uh, money was scarce. So we were like, okay, let's find a good operator that can open the doors of day-to-day transaction. We can partner up and really learn the ropes with them, essentially have those training wheels with us and operate this property that we buy. And uh, because money is scarce and we have, you know, we've been lucky to have some funds and our friends and family uh, trust us enough to make investments with us. Uh, that would be a good platform for us to, to work from. And that, that really started the journey for us. The first apartment deal Hamill did as a general partner was in Oklahoma. The deal had some hair on it and it was 55% occupied. The first investment was a 208 unit property in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, way further from where I live in North Carolina. Um, it was about 55% occupied. The seller was really scared um, because of COVID. And this was, uh, we closed the transaction on 1st September of 2020. It's about 13, 14 months back. Um, and that transaction, you know, we, the value of the property now is about 14 million or something. Um, at that stage, we bought it at five and a half million. Uh, with the seller uh, carry back of some amount. So it was a fantastic deal, um, but it was lower occupancy. It was true elbow grease, working on the asset, making sure that it brings, not right now the occupancy is around 85, 90%. Um, so bringing that occupancy up um, and really working uh, to better that community because, you know, people, that there was a lot of riffraff there, we, you know, first week after we got the property, we, there, was a, there was a shooting there. Uh, <laughs> so everything that operationally you know, that we needed to learn, we had to quickly learn how to optimize the business, how to run with the property management company. And we spent hours and hours and hours to really make it a phenomenal investment for the people that trusted us with our first project. So. Uh, It was us and a couple of other emerging partners, and one of them had brought the deal, and we uh, partnered up with them and sealed together the overall structure of the organization. Depending on where we are in the market cycle, capital can be scarce or abundant. Hamill understood that when he first got into the multifamily space, capital was scarce. But now during the COVID pandemic, the opposite is occurring. You have to understand the market dynamics. Right now, because of the, the printing of the money by, by the governments, et cetera, the central bank, there's a lot of things happening with job quitting, uh, the cryptoverse, et cetera. There's so many macroeconomic dynamics that make capital cheaper and easier to source in this environment, in this snapshot in time. Now, four months from now, six months from now, interest rates raise, rise drastically suddenly uh, capital might be scarce, who knows, right? Um, So you have to be nimble enough as an organization and entity to understand what is what at this snapshot in time. Now, when you talk about September, 2020, when we've bought our first deal and we bought three deals subsequently in the first hundred days, because of that is we knew 
at that stage that COVID, you know, nobody had confidence in vaccine shots or anything had come up. You know, things were shutting down all across the world. There was not much tolerance of keeping things going. Uh, at that stage, people wanted to protect their money. They didn't know what's going to happen with their small businesses, uh, and, and rightfully so. And so uh, sourcing capital was really, really hard at that stage. And to be a capital provider during that time, even with a phenomenal deal, was kind of a big deal and allowed us to, frankly, dictate some of the terms that allowed us to lay the foundation. At this stage, um, we, we can, you know, deal is more scarce because there's just so much competition out there, uh, given that the capital is cheap. And uh, so right now, you know, if you have a deal, money would come. Investing out of state might seem like a challenge for some investors in the multifamily space. However, investors like Hamel are able to invest out of state with peace of mind by having a strong property management team and overseeing their performance. Having a local property management company that we, we uh, partnered with, uh, having some boots on the grounds, and frankly, having good KPIs. You don't need to be there. This is not an asset when you're talking 200 units, you have a couple of leasing agents, two or three maintenance people, a groundskeeping staff, uh, a property manager, uh, some regional manager from the property management company. So there's, there are many, many layers uh, of tactical people that are there. Um, you got to pull the levers of the KPI. Well, is my occupancy trading up? What are we doing on the marketing side? How is my operational expense looking? Um, are we uh, executing the business plan that we've laid out in terms of cutting off on the expenses or increasing the rents? Are we bettering the community? Are we doing outreach uh, to the local council and the police, et cetera, et cetera? All those things, um, frankly, you, you don't need to be there. Uh, it can be managed remote, but you need to know how to do it um, and, and really structure it in the right sense that allows you to manage it from anywhere. Identifying his own strengths and finding someone who complements those was important to Hamel. His partner is a great match for him, and they work together to ensure their business runs smoothly. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's, again, one of the best decisions I've made because what has happened, my partner was, first of all, a friend of mine for 12, 15 years. His kids, my kids have grown up together. Um, so there was a level of trust and you know, uh, camaraderie. Uh, an alignment of thinking before we even thought about real estate. Um, and as I was talking about commercial uh, syndications and real estate, as I discovered that, he was the one that got as excited as I was. Um, so we started going to the boot camps and training and learning and investing together in the same place, uh, even on the commercial side and residential side. So till that point, we'd not thought about partnership. But when we started thinking about an organization and taking down projects together, really thought about, you know, how we complement each other. So my strengths are, you know, more on the relationship side, um, you know, relating to people, um, you know, building a large community of folks and partners that trust us, uh, want to do projects together with us or invest with us uh, on the marketing, hiring, uh, those elements. And his strengths are really maximizing what we have, right? So he's an amazing operator, uh, he manages our property management partnerships, our vendor relationships, our legal agreements, all of that. And he has a very keen eye on pushing things to the next level. If property, I don't think he, he has not ever got a deal. 
right? He's a, if, if a painter comes and says, I'll, you know, pay me 35 bucks an hour, he'll pay him 28 bucks an hour, right? So that really squeezes that last bit that you, this is a game of that volume, right? When you start doing things en masse and you get that smaller wins on a daily basis, it really helps your project be a great project versus a good project. And so he, he's an expert at that. And that allows us to have that relationship where we can play off each other uh, on some places. I might have a bigger risk tolerance, some places he might have a bigger risk tolerance and that, that allows us to be very stable in what we do and execute. Sharing the same ethics and drive as his partner was critical to creating a healthy partnership between Hamill and his partner. He has three factors to consider before partnering with someone. I would say three things for any partner. It doesn't have to be someone you know or, you know, uh, or someone you know really well, right? One is that alignment of values and ethics, right? You really need to understand if things go south and if you do 100 deals, there'll be two that go south or five, right? What is the right approach? Are they going to take shortcuts? Are you going to take shortcuts? Um, how are you going to respond to people who put trust in the project uh, and you? All those things you need to understand, right? Making sure that you do this the right way. Um, and our focus was building something that lasts for 40, 50 years as a, as a brand, right? Not trying to do one or two transactions every year and earn money on it, but really building the company. So that was super important. Second thing was, do they have complementary skills, right? If you have two people with the same type of skills uh, kind of driving things, you're going to miss the boat uh, on a lot of things, right? You're going to, if you're analytical, you're always being the anal analysis paralysis. If you're thinking about all ideas all the time, you won't have time to execute. You really need that visionary integrator type of relationship, uh, the CEO, CEO type of relationship. To, to get things going, right? And the third thing you, you'd want to see is you need to suspend your emotions when you're entering into a partnership, right? You need to have a level of trust, um, but you need, to, you need to make sure that, you know, again, five years from now, six months from now, your goals could change. And if they change, one person's goals change, how do they exit the business? How do they how do they ensure a succession plan? How do you, you know, again, you're talking about a real company, not just two guys coming together or three people coming together and doing something. Uh, you need to think through it a little bit more and put structures in place get, so that that can happen, whether it's an operating agreement or other formal legal documents that allow you to be really understanding so that the relationship doesn't go sour when someone wants to change path, which life is pretty, really short. So, you know, if I want to chase 10 more careers in my life or he wants to do that, we both are allowed to do that, right? Although Helmo has a partner, they both invest separately. That way they don't mix their investments. The strategic approach allows for them to plan for the possibility that one day they'll want to go their separate ways. So we've kept it super simple because the way we invest our, uh, our funds and the equity share, we haven't created a structure, even though our entity is exponential equity, we try to invest uh, with our individual entities. So whatever structure he has in place with his beneficiaries and the trust, et cetera, all that is taken care of. And we're not mixing and matching in terms of carving out investments. 
the only thing that we worked on was, hey, uh, what happens if one of us needs to leave, right? And how do we do, how do we manage that? And it's a very amicable relationship, a very strong partnership. So it's easier to do that. As Hemel scaled his business, he began hiring to outsource tasks. Some of the first hires you make are the most important as you grow your operation. Our first hire was a director of acquisition. Um, and again, deals started getting uh, scarce by the time we made, made that person our junior partner. Um, and essentially he was brought in on board. He moved cities to be in Charlotte from Raleigh, from your, from your hometown. Uh, with his family to be with be to be with us and our company and our vision and uh, he has done a tremendous job in helping us find opportunities because um, whoever again commands the opportunities especially in the year of 2021 uh, it has been the one that dictates how things can be structured um, and so that has helped us grow pretty fast. The second hire we did was uh, underwriting consultant. Um, and we, we have uh, been fortunate, Jamie Grubb, uh, who works with us, um, has been really developing their underwriting model, making sure the deals are right. And, uh, you know, our, as we start knocking on doors of institutional equity and private equity firms, making sure our underwriting model is not just a simple spreadsheet, but looks, you know, does more bells and whistles types of things that institutions and larger firms want to see. Um, so we've taken a lot of time in terms of building all of that. Um, we would have hired a marketing expert beforehand, but uh, Yomesh, my partner, and I really put a lot of thought into the marketing and hired agencies to help us build our brand our, and our website and everything. Uh, but now we have a marketing specialist. We have another underwriting analyst. Um, we, we have a head of new development that does all our new construction projects. And we just hired a part-time uh, director of asset management. She's going to eventually lead our property management division as well. So we're excited to get that going. Scaling a multifamily business is a challenge. For Hamel, hiring is one of the most important aspects of growing a successful apartment investment organization. It's all about the hires, right? Um, what's the next step in the hiring that you can give? Uh, what level of, you you know, your first hires would be equity partners because your business, any business doesn't generate enough cash flow for you to hire, frankly, a, 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 a caliber people or rock stars, right? Because you got to pay them really well in this day and age. Um, so you, you start carving out some slices of equity. And once you've laid out the senior leadership team, um, and that's when you get to the next level. That's when you start hiring employees with salaries, et cetera. Um, and that's just the nature of the business, right? So that's one. And when you hire people, you got to understand whether they're driven, whether they have high integrity, um, you know, what kind of skill set they bring to the table. And again, keeping in mind, if that cog of the wheel falls apart um, by your means, by, because you don't like working with them or they're not competent enough, or two years from now, they're rock stars and they want to do their own thing in real estate. Or otherwise, you got to figure out how to make sure that the succession is uh, transition and succession is smoother, right? So those elements you got to make sure. And then processes, everything has to be process oriented, you know, conversations where our team meets weekly from 9 p.m. to 12, 1 o'clock in the, in the morning on Monday nights. 
And that's our time where each of us go through a round robin, we go through our, um, you know, things that we need, critical path this week, things that are up in the pipeline, um, evaluate deals, we look at spreadsheets together, and we've just created a funnel and a process that allows each of us to play in our lane uh, that we've created for ourselves. While it is important to not get caught in analysis paralysis, it's also important to assess things before getting excited or acting on them. Hemel has learned throughout his journey that assessing deals and not being afraid to say no is beneficial in the long run. That may have more failures than we can count, man. The, the biggest failures were around, you know, jumping on things too quickly. And we've not had a single deal that we brought to the investors that we've not been sure of, but we've been... We, we've, we've gotten excited too easily, too quickly sometimes on larger projects that are attractive on the face of it. Um, but, you know, once we perform due diligence, um, initial red flags that we could have seen higher or upper in the process uh, get evaluated. And it's not a failure in terms of we bought a bad deal or anything. But that month or two of wasting our time and effort and flight tickets and due diligence fees and all of that could, have, could be avoided. Um, and that's just part of the journey and experience you've built, right? And now we're better, we're not perfect at it, but we are much, much better in saying no to projects, even though you know it might take three months and 400 deals for us to find one or two projects. We are better at saying no to them so we don't waste time and go through our whole due diligence process before saying no. Today, Hamel has acquired over $80 million in assets in just over a year. He's continuing to build his team and take down more deals. He attributed his success to the key players on his team who make it happen. We have been incredibly grateful to be in a position we are in. We are uh, went from zero to $80 million, eight uh, zero. Uh, in about 13 months, uh, in eight transactions. So that's just phenomenal. We have two divisions of the business, the acquisition side uh, that Casey leads and uh, the new development side that Brandon leads. Uh, And then we're going to open the next division of property management with Abigail. Um, And so we'll have three divisions that will be successfully operating um, and going from strength to strength in terms of building the team, getting transactions, uh, and projects completed. So that that to me is uh, just phenomenal that uh, we've been able to achieve in such a short period of time. Uh, and all thanks to the team. Each each one of them is a rock star um, and uh, an incredible human being to put put their faith and trust in this long term vision of ours of building something here. Identifying his vision for his business has helped Hamel stay focused and on track to achieve his lofty goals. He's aiming to build a large portfolio, which will empower him to help his investors and give back to others. You don't know where you're going until you know until you know where you want to go. It's as simple as that. It doesn't have to be fancy. It can change every month if you want as a vision. I don't make it complicated. My vision is to be a billion dollars in assets under management uh, in the next year or two. Uh, and that's what we strive for. Um, and through that, the, why a billion? Because a billion dollar defines a good Fortune 100 company, in my, in my opinion, and that allows us to invest in the processes and employees uh, that I would like to make this company be. 
um, and allows us to give back. Our giving back campaign, Exponential Giving, is all about uh, real estate as well. So whether it's you know helping people through foreclosures or uh, paying their taxes or preserving land for the environment, there's just so much you can do within this business uh, that a certain scale will allow you to track that uh, and uh, give back as a legacy as well. Fear of failure is something most people face, but successful people don't let that fear keep them paralyzed. People like Hamel push on and take action despite their fears. Stop fearing failure and just take action. You're going to fail. Um, and, you know, I think Winston Churchill said, success is going from failure to failure without stopping, right? So every six months, every three months, there will be something that will be an amazing high. There will be something that's an amazing low. Uh, if you do this smartly and eight out of 10 times you succeed, uh, the returns, the rewards personally of doing something that leaves an impact are, are just tremendous in this business. To get in touch with Hamel, go here to find out more. They can uh, look at our website, exponential-equity.com uh, and reach me at Hamel, H-E-M-A-L, at exponential-equity.com. And I'd love to connect with anyone who wants to talk about real estate or any other business or just uh, leaving an impact in general. Um, I'm always happy to connect. Thank you for joining us today on the Real Estate Monopoly podcast. If you got value from this episode, please do us a favor and give us a good rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Make sure to visit our website at www.donisinvestmentgroup.com backslash monopoly, where you can subscribe to our newsletter so you'll never miss a show. If you want to avoid the top five mistakes passive investors make, you can also check out our free ebook by going to www.donisinvestmentgroup.com and downloading it. Be sure to tune in to our next episode. Until then, take care, guys. Yeah.